just got back from talking to people we don't know about abortion, and now we're debriefing. Join us. We are Created Equal, and we're inviting you to debrief with us. Hey, y'all. I'm Lexi. Hey, everyone. It's Seth again, and today we're debriefing a conversation that some people may find surprising. It's actually about religion and abortion, specifically Satanism, a topic that many people may be uncomfortable with, but a very important one. Yeah, and so today joining us, we have Silas. He has been working with us for four years now at Created Equal. Um, He is definitely one of the most inspirational people I have ever met. Um, Slight inside joke, but also very true at the same time. I don't know the joke, but I still believe it. (laughs) Yeah, he is really awesome, um, and he helps a lot um, with all of our tech needs here at Created Equal, along with a lot of other things. So Silas was at um, this outreach at Ohio University. So Silas, let us know, how did that day go for you? Yeah, so um, it's really interesting getting back on college campuses after COVID. We were on college campuses all through COVID, but there's been a real shift since colleges started refilling back up with students. And so we've noticed it's just been a lot of craziness. Um, people are just, it's almost like they were just waiting and all their energy has been building up for a year. And so now it comes out. So it was a pretty pretty different type of outreach than I'm used to. There are a lot of protesters, um, a lot of people just being rude and crude and um, just a lot of crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Ohio University, we're talking Athens, Ohio, which is a town south of Columbus, Ohio, where we're stationed. And so what did the outreach look like that day, Silas? What kind of equipment did you have with you? Yeah, so it was just a regular college outreach. So we had our um, our A-frame signs that we set up on the campus we were in sort of like a, a park-ish area. is part of the campus, but it's it's a grassy area, sort of separated. It's got um, a couple sidewalks running through it in a main central area, mm-hmm. um, where several sidewalks intersect, and that's where I was standing the day that day. Yeah. So getting into that, what type of conversations? Yes, people were really rude, um, and I definitely agree. Since post COVID, um, people have had. Um, what seems to be a lot of energy and um, not good energy directly towards us. But how were the conversations that you're having? Yeah. So, I mean, as always, there's a big mix. There were several that were just pretty bad, but then there were several people who um, just seemed like it was almost like they had been waiting for some reason in an age of a lot of unreason, a lot of uh, unreasonableness. And so they were happy to have a logical conversation and even, uh, even sort of scolding the protesters when they came to try and break it up. Oh, wow. Wait, so you had students who were actually scolding the protesters, like on your side, defending you? Yeah, so I, I talked to a guy who was actually with them for the first uh, first while, but then he came and talked to me, and the protesters sort of followed him, and he goes, hey, we're having a reasonable conversation here, and basically told him to back off. Wow, that's really encouragement encouraging whenever students like stick up for um, us because they have a lot more to lose since they're going to have to stay on that campus for the rest of the year at least um, with those same students. So, but okay, what were the protesters like? Every school kind of has a different type of protest um, mostly. So what was, what was this type? Yeah. So um, for the first lady who, who came up was carrying a big sign that said F them kids which was quite disturbing um, from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And she slowly gathered a following. And pretty soon there were probably 50, 50 protesters there. And they would sort of make the rounds. And they would go on one corner and talk to one of our staff members on that corner. And then they would move to another location and sort of just try and cause trouble there. And then they'd move to a different 
corner. And so they just kept moving around trying to make trouble everywhere. I'm sorry, can you clarify? So the banner said F them kids. I get that. But was she speaking about the preborn babies or referring to you as children? What was she what was her point with that statement? Yeah, they were referring to uh, the babies, the preborn babies, and they they would uh, yell that uh, pretty frequently as well. Yeah, so was there anybody that really stood out to you or anything other than people chanting F them kids? Um, I would say that probably stands out to many people listening yeah. to this. Um, but outside of that, was there something that happened that day that um, that you'll remember? Yeah, there was definitely a weird situation that happened about halfway through the outreach. So as I said, these group of protesters were sort of traveling around um, to different stations. Mm -hmm. And at one point they came down to the center. It was like the intersection of two sidewalks in the middle of this grassy area, like I explained before. So they came to the center and they sort of make a circle um, where these sidewalks intersect. Um, And, you know, they're, they're gathering around making jokes and everything. And then at one point... Uh, one of the girls asks, is everybody a part of the satanic temple? Mm. And most of the people cheer and say, yeah, and hail Satan. Uh, but one one girl asks, what's that? Um, and so the first girl responds, and she says, it means that you have bo- body autonomy and they can't make any decisions for you. Um, and so that was the craziest part of the outreach um, when these people started openly worshiping Satan and explaining why they do that. Okay, I'm curious, Silas, like what's going through your head at this time? And, you know, I we've been doing this for years together, outreach, and we a couple years ago had a video, we'll put it in the show notes, Doctrine of Demons, talking about the connection to Satanism with abortion. So this is not your first time hearing something like this, but still I'm curious, you know, listeners who are thinking, whoa, I had no idea that's out there. What if I were in Silas's shoes? What would that feel like? So kind of tell us, how did you feel observing this? What were your, What was going through your heart and your head? Yeah, so immediately, like, I, I immediately thought of our short documentary, Doc, Doctrine of Demons, but it was really crazy to me that these people were being so upfront about mm-hmm. it. Um, this, this woman was so, like, so honest about worshiping Satan, um, and, and she, it just got even worse than that. But my first thought was, like, wow, I know that by their actions, these people are worshiping Satan and they're doing his will. Um, but these people are actually admitting it mm-hmm. for sure. And I think that that comes to a shock, but it's really becoming less taboo to, um, say you're a Satanist mm-hmm. saying things like hail Satan. I even see a lot more, um, people wearing pentagrams on their t-shirts and things like that, or even on their backpacks, having a little, um, sticker, um, not sticker stitched on pentagram. Like a- Patch. patch. Wow, I couldn't <laughs> think of that word. <laughs> um, so yes, but we actually have a GoPro footage of this. So we want to play the rest of um, the dialogue that that group of protesters were having with each other. You have no business in anybody else's business. Let me repeat that for y'all. We have no either. But anyway, that's why I worship Satan. And that's why I bring him to the kids. Now you're standing nearby observing Silas as this is happening. 
Yes, I was just standing nearby. I was um, not even trying to engage them. I was more interested in engaging any other people that would walk by at that time. Yeah. But I'm just sort of listening as I as I watch and wait for other people. Yeah, so for everybody, I think that was pretty, um, you could hear that, but could you kind of recap what they were saying? Yeah, so first she says, that's why I worship Satan, referring back to um, the explanation that I, I told you earlier that she said about mm. um, body autonomy. Um, and then, and then they begin, uh, exploring the idea of summoning the devil there. Uh, they wanted to make a pentagram with their bodies. Um, and then they, they say, well, we should summon the devil right now. And she says, I have a Ouija board. Um, and it was interesting at this point, like about half of the people in the group became uncomfortable, mm. uh, or maybe less than half, but there, it definitely seemed like there were at least two people who were serious about worshiping the devil. And this wasn't a new idea for them. But then the rest of the people were happy to joke about it. Um, but once it came to actually summoning the devil, they got uncomfortable and backed off. Yeah, and so I think this points to something. And Seth, I want you to kind of get into this more. There are like two veins of Satanism. Um, so what are those two things? And what are their differences? And then also what are, what are the things that they have in common? Yeah, I think this is super important. So I think that the connecting line is what Silas just said, bodily autonomy. This idea of autonomy is the commonality among all types of Satanists. So yeah, any of our listeners who are familiar with Satanism or maybe who watched our documentary or others have read books about this, you will know that as Silas just said, when you say the name Satan, it doesn't mean the same thing for everyone, mm-hmm. right? So maybe a couple there that day were actually wanting to worship the person of Satan, seeing him as a real being. For others, he is just a symbol of autonomy. But for both of them, it is this, again, that notion of autonomy. I can do what I want. I'm in charge of my own destiny. And if you look at actually the Satanist... uh, the satanic temple, one of their their tenets is that one's body is, is, is inviolable, subject to one's own will alone, that you are in charge. So whether you believe that Satan, the person, the uh, the devil is the person you're following, or just the symbol of what he represents as someone who fought against God in this kind of fantastical fiction sense in your mind, either way you're pursuing autonomy. So the end result is kind of the same, right? They want to, they kill children because children are in their way, whether that's kind of some kind of act of sacrifice or whether it is just because they're in the way, you want to be in charge of your own destiny. And that's the commonality among all people who refer to Satan. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people who are in the second, um, go down the second path of Satanism, I don't know if that would be the right term to use, um, who just see Satan as a symbol, um, not a real person, Um but they like to say that they're secular. Like they like to say they're maybe atheists. They don't believe in God. They don't believe in the supernatural. Um, but we know that they hold to some religious standard. Um, and so get into that, how you can't actually be completely secular. Yeah, that's so funny. Like I want to bring Silas back into this. Mm-hmm. So like you have these, this group of people and let's say a couple of them believe in the person of Satan and worship him. Clearly they're religious. Then you have the others who maybe started to distance themselves from what Silas was saying, but that doesn't mean that they have no religion. So Silas kind of like, we, we don't know what they believe, but kind of just thinking through when you talk to students who maybe don't believe in the person of Satan, but they still love autonomy. How would you kind of qualify in your mind? What is their worldview? Well, I think, um, I think it's summed up by that idea of autonomy and like, and the, the common theme for this whole outreach was that slogan F them kids. Mm. Um, and I think that ties right in is they were, um, you know, if you're worshiping yourself, if it's all about your own autonomy, then you just you know, you just say F anybody else, you know, yeah. and it's all about yourself. 
So it's ultimately idolatry, right? And that's, Alexa, I think what you're saying is so important. It is impossible not to have a worldview. Christianity is a worldview. Being pro-life is part of the Christian worldview. So maybe not all pro-life people are Christians, but everyone who holds a consistent Christian worldview should be pro-life. But that is not to say the, let's say the religious Satanist, the person who believes in the person of Satan, clearly they have a worldview. And those who believe in the symbol of Satan, they have a worldview too. No one has a way of looking at the world without a view, right? Yeah. Everyone has a worldview. And so that's, I think, your point is, your point is so important. You cannot escape religion. Yeah, and I think one of the evidences of that is like they're um, maybe they would call themselves atheists, but their whole idea of Satanism is fighting against God. Mm. And so they say they say they don't believe in God. They say um, he doesn't even exist. But then they've got this whole drive and purpose that's directly about combating the idea of God. Yeah, and I think this ties into the next question I wanted to ask you both. So a lot of times we get, oh, y'all are just religious. That's why you're against abortion. And I would say, So yes. are you. You are yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> that is why I'm against abortion because God has commanded us to not murder people and to um, protect innocent um, children from being killed. Um, but like you said, Seth, so are you. So what do you say to the person who comes up to you at outreach? Um, let's start off with you, Silas. What do you say to the person um, who comes up to you and says, well, you're just religious. I'm not religious. That's why I'm not opposed to abortion. Yeah. So I, I like to take that opportunity to break down some of the stigma about religion. And I will say, yes, I am religious. And that's my religion is what tells me that human beings have value. Um, and so what I'm doing is I'm not just trying to, I'm not trying to back off from religion and mm -hmm. say, oh no, no, this is a secular argument though. Um, the case can be made um, as long as they agree that humans are valuable, um, then they should be able to agree with us that abortion is wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'll, I'll first admit that, yes, I am uh, religious, and then try and go about showing them that my religion is what shows me that people have value. And then I'll acknowledge that they believe people have value as well, and so yeah. that they can agree with me um, that we shouldn't kill unborn people. Sure. I think that's so well said, right? So, I mean, we know there's a scientific question. Are the, is the, is the preborn baby a human? That's a scientific question. But does she matter like we do? That is not a scientific question. Science can't tell you whether something matters. It tells you what something is. And so what Silas is saying is that when, that when it comes to value, that is religion and philosophy. So anyone who believes that any human has value is holding a religious philosophical position. And also, like Silas said, you know, the atheist can certainly just say all humans are valuable. They don't believe in God's image upon you. They can just assert that you have value. But the problem is that's not a real well-grounded view. That's why we say to have a really well-grounded position, you need to believe in God's image upon you. That gives us a foundation for human value. The atheist can still believe in human value. It just doesn't make, it doesn't really quite follow from their presuppositions of their worldview. For sure. And so now that we've kind of covered what we would say to people who they say that they're atheists, that they may even claim to be Satanists, but they don't believe in the person of Satan. Well, we could hear in the audio that girl talking about summoning demons and that she has a Ouija board on her necklace and all of these things um, trying to get invoke power from um, the devil, literally. What do we do? Because I think this is going to just continue to grow more and more as we're going to universities um, and conducting outreach anywhere we are. I think Satanism is probably growing. So how do we, as created equal, how do we as Christians fight against that and um, stand up for the truth and have conversation with people like that? 
Well, let's start with Silas. So what did you do? I mean, we heard audio of you like observing, right? But mm-hmm. I don't know if they really talked to you, but like, what did you guys do that day, whether on your own, uh, in your own hearts or engaging? What did you do on campus? To be honest, I, I spent most of the day trying to focus on the people more on the fence. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't, um, I didn't want to waste my time uh, with them. Uh, maybe that was a mistake. I, I know that they could use um, they could use some some talking to, um, but I was just that day focusing on the people who weren't so off the edge. Well, I think one thing we have to do, which I think you got, I know you guys did before the outreach. I'm sure afterward as well is pray mm-hmm. because uh, we know well. And this whole podcast is about engaging in worldview dialogue about abortion to reach hearts and change minds. But we recognize that this is a real battle we're in. And so we have to be spiritually preparing ourselves and recognizing that it's Silas not talking to them that day. Doesn't mean that nothing was done, right? They were walking around hearing his interaction with people, seeing the signs, the pictures of the babies. God can use many things to convict them of their uh, deplorable worldview. And so I think praying that he would continue to do that and praying to prepare our own hearts is really a very important step as well when you're engaging with people like this. Mm-hmm. So what do you say to the person who comes up to you? Like if they were to come up to Silas um, and said, this is what I believe, because I've I've talked to Satanists before um, who have told me that they practice witchcraft and all these sort of things. Um, what do you say to them who a person who's kind of open to hearing the truth. A lot of these times these people are full of depression and anxiety and all of this um, and really hate their lives. And that's why they're saying F these F them kids and all these things because they don't value themselves. Right. So, I mean, I think in my opinion, I would go straight to the gospel and show them how much stronger God is compared to their little God um, that they've created for themselves. Or if they're, if they're um, worshiping Satan, how God is, far superior to Satan. Um, but what would you do, Silas? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think probably first I would buy some time by asking them, um, <laughs> asking them how they came to worship Satan. And it's more than just buying time, but partially it gives mm-hmm. me some time to understand where they're actually coming from. And like we talked about before, there are multiple different t- types of Satanists. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to find out if they actually believe the, the devil exists mm-hmm. and they're worshiping him or they're just worshiping that idea um, and then just from there trying to, I would, yeah, probably what Lexi said is, um, is get into the gospel and show them how God is stronger. God has already defeated the devil through the death and resurrection of Christ um, and, and show them that their worship of the devil, they're just going to end up um, on the losing side with him. Yeah. Yeah, I think a couple important points, I think both are making great points there too, is that if they believe in the person of Satan, so um, Silas is just referring to how you can point them to God, and you were too, Lexi, because if they believe in this this uh, supernatural being of Satan, they're already open to supernatural things existing. That's a huge common ground, right? So if supernatural beings exist and Satan's one of them, well, does God exist as well? And let's talk about that and compare them, like you just said. And if God casts Satan down, why would you choose to... Um, pursue uh, love the loser, right? We want to uh, worship the winner, the victor. Uh, but secondly, if they, um, so I think that's a good question that Silas just said. I would, uh, and if they believe in the secular, if you would say like the, the symbol of Satan, still they're believing in some things being right and wrong and saying autonomy is a good thing. So again, you have important common ground there that we believe in moral right and wrong. Let's talk about that. So either way, you can get into worldview discussions. What I want to get down to, I think, at the end is, so let's just talk about our different worldviews. In my worldview, there is a being that gave all of us value, 
And we're to follow his example of love, sacrificing for others. In your worldview, whether it's the person or symbol, your supreme example is someone who murders others, tramples others to get everything he wants. Which of these is really better? I think because God's law is written on their heart, they're going to see that that second one is actually a very dangerous, terrible, evil worldview to follow. Our worldview of love and sacrifice is exceedingly better. And for anybody who's interested in listening to more about the debate between bodily autonomy and how we would um, argue against sex, I know we didn't have time to really talk about in this podcast, um, but if you're confronted with that in a conversation you're having, we have a podcast on that as well. So just go back, scroll through um, and find the one about bodily autonomy. I think that'll be really helpful, um, kind of partnered with what we talked about today. Totally. Yeah, that's well said. And also, there's another topic we could have gotten into. We just don't have time for all this, right? The whole idea of child sacrifice. And uh, Laura Clausen's group, Choice for Two, has a really interesting video discussing that. We'll link to that in the show notes as well. But I think this is a really important point we're summarizing now. This this is a really important dialogue people should be having because we talk about the nuts and bolts. So how do you know abortion's wrong? How do you know the babies have value? But there's always the broader worldview to get into. So just uh, any concluding thoughts about just as we as we wrap this up, put a, put a bow on this kind of scary, difficult conversation about Satanism. Any final thoughts for listeners thinking, well, what if I, maybe it's just too scary out there. I don't want to get involved in this dialogue. How would you encourage people, Silas, who are maybe a little fearful now, knowing there are some dangerous worldviews out there? Yeah, I think you hit on it earlier and when you said that we, we enter into these outreaches in prayer. Um, and I think it's important for us to acknowledge that it's a, this is not just um, a not is not just a logical debate, mm-hmm. but there are spiritual uh, forces behind both sides, um, and so you go into it with a lot of prayer, recognizing that that the devil is uh, trying to work against all that is good, trying to work against God. Uh, but then also remind yourself of the the promises of Jesus and and the fact that we know that He has defeated the devil and that uh, He will win in the end. For sure. And I think that that is really important. If you're not um, already doing that, if you're trying to just see abortion as something that is purely non-religious, I think we've also covered that today, that you can't really separate religion from um, the rest of your worldview. So you couldn't separate it from your views on abortion. So make sure that you're coming at it from a way that has a good basis and a good foundation, especially when you're confronted with these other worldviews that seem extreme to us. Um, They are extreme, um, but make sure you have a solid grounding and you know how to speak to these people as well. And I think you'll feel more empowered to have these conversations. Awesome. That's so important. What both of you just said, I totally agree. So thank you everyone for listening. This is an important conversation. We'll continue to keep having, please join us with it. Engage us. Um, send us a drop us a message or something if you want to connect with us actually you can't do it on a podcast can you so you can message us on instagram somehow but speaking of messages i did want to give a shout out to c lizzie who posted a review on our podcast saying that she loves the guest speaker that's silas today and that she loves that this is based on real life conversations not just hypothetical situations that is what we're trying to do here so if you like that please join c lizzie and leave us a five-star review mostly it's important on apple Podcasts that helps us get to more listeners you can also find us on social social media or just go to createdequal.org. Thank you for joining us. This has been The Debrief.